Hello and welcome to Hope for the Introvert. If you've ever wondered how an introvert temperament can be compatible with leadership, then you're in the right place. Join us as we chat with introverts who are leaders and influencers in their various fields. They talk about the challenges they face, as well as the ways they feel their temperament has contributed to their success. Our host is Ben Welk, an introverted leader himself, working as a programme manager in the Information Security Office at the Rochester Institute of Technology. He's also leader of the Society for Technical Communication and a member of the EDUCALS Higher Education Information Security Council Awareness and Training Working Group. You can contact Ben at ben at hopefortheintrovert.com or on Twitter at Hope Introvert. Support Hope for the Introvert on Patreon. You can find us at patreon.com slash hope for the introvert. Joining us today is Victoria Lozniansky. Victoria Lozniansky teaches introverted entrepreneurs and business professionals how to overcome their fear of public speaking and become confident, compelling, captivating speakers. After moving to the U.S. two decades ago with limited English, Victoria overcame her crippling fear of public speaking to build several businesses, teach in a variety of industries, and speak in front of small and large audiences. She appeared on Fox News and has been featured in numerous publications, including CBS Houston and Biz West Media. Taking her own experiences going from scared to sought-after speaker, Victoria created the Brilliant Speakers Academy, an online public speaking coaching program for introverts. She also owns Nutty Scientists of Houston, a passion project about inspiring kids to fall in love with science. Victoria holds a Master of Science in Computer Science and is currently completing a Master of Arts degree in Communications and Media Technologies. She lives in Houston with her husband and two sons. You can contact Victoria at victoria at byvictoriaL.com. I encourage our listeners to visit hopefortheintrovert.com where you'll find complete show notes, including a transcript. Welcome back, Victoria. I'm looking forward to talking about public speaking in introverts, which many people think is an oxymoron in many ways, or just such an impossible, insurmountable hurdle of really an unnatural sounds really wrong, but a not natural, (laughs) sorry, but a not natural area for introverts. Talk to me about this public speaking for introverts and coaches. I know my path. You've shared a little bit about your path in the previous segment. Yeah, let's hear from you about this. I'm excited about it. Yes, you were so right about people not really thinking that being an introvert leads to being a great public speaker. In fact, it's quite the opposite. What we hear quite a lot and what I hear quite a lot is that famous mental block. I am an introvert. That's why I cannot be a public speaker. And I think for the most part, it comes from people who know they're introverts, but who still don't quite understand what an introvert is. A lot of people confuse introversion with shyness. Granted, a lot of introverts are shy. but 
it's not really what defines an introvert, right? What defines an introvert is how we drain our energy and how we recharge our energy. And a lot of introverts are not shy, but we do not like being the center of attention, which of course leads us to think, well, I don't like to be in the spotlight, then I probably shouldn't be a public speaker. And it is a mental block and it is a wrong mental block. And you need to shift your perspective on this. A lot of people are thinking, I am not good enough. I'm not articulate enough. I'm not interesting enough. I'm not smart enough. I don't have enough to share. And that's why I should not be a public speaker. But this is nothing but an illusion. As introverts, we have a lot of strength, a lot of strength. And if we use those strengths correctly, we can be a lot better public speakers than extroverts. And that's the truth. And there are a lot of introverts who are amazing public speakers, who are actors, who are singers. Hey, you know, did you know that Elvis Presley was one of the most introverted people that you would ever... Yeah, I received your newsletter today, I guess. And you referenced yes, having yes. gone to Graceland and sharing that about Elvis. And I'm actually not surprised because I, I did know that he was reticent to be in public a lot. But it is something that people are always surprised or to hear that great actors are introverts. And sometimes this powerful presence that you see on stage when you talk to them individually, there's a disconnect. Yeah, it's an interesting thing. It's an interesting thing. And I think what we need to do as introverts is we need to focus on our strengths. And a lot of our strengths may be even perceived as weaknesses, but they are strengths. And one of those strengths, which is completely funny and makes no sense, but I'll still say it. One of those strengths is us not liking to be the center of attention. And it makes no sense whatsoever, but let me explain. Because we as introverts don't like to be the center of attention, what we naturally do and do really well is shift the focus from ourselves to other people, right? If you think of having a conversation with a stranger, and I don't know how you do it, but I always, uh, and it's intuitive, I don't even think about it. If I'm having a conversation with a stranger, I immediately want to shift the focus from me. I don't want to talk about myself. And I shift the focus to that as a person. We, how do we do that? We ask questions, you know, we, we try to make it all about that as a person because then we don't have to speak as much. We can just focus on that as a person and do what we do best. You know, reflect, ask questions, and so on. So we as introverts are actually very good at shifting the focus from ourselves to the other person. So the question is, how is it going to help us with public speaking. When you are on stage, if you are afraid of public speaking, as most people do, if you're afraid of speaking on stage, on camera, on podcast, anyway, it doesn't really matter. Medium doesn't matter. If you're afraid to speak in front of an audience, it's usually 
because of one reason. You are focusing on yourself and your fear. And you can't help it. You know, if you are afraid, you can't help not to think about your fear as you're standing there. And I know I've experienced it many, many times growing up. You're standing there looking at the audience, just pure horror, you know, shaking and sweaty and, and scared. And you can't think of anything other than I am terrified. I don't want to be here. And when those thoughts are in your mind, you, you, you keep on focusing on them. You, you may start talking and you, you give a presentation, but you keep on thinking in the back of your mind the whole time, they're judging me. They're thinking I'm a fraud. They're thinking I'm not good enough at this. They don't like how I look. They don't like how I sound. And so we keep on focusing on ourselves this whole time, never truly connecting to our audience. And so what we need to do, and again, as introverts, we know how to do it. What we need to do is when we are in front of any audience in any medium, we need to shift the focus off of us to our audience. So instead of standing there thinking, what is my audience thinking of me right now? Are they judging me? Are they critiquing me? Are they thinking I'm not good enough? They probably already discovered I'm a fraud. Instead of letting those thoughts run through your head, you immediately change. Do this, you know, pattern interrupt and immediately think, what can I do for my audience? How do I want to make my audience feel? And when you truly love what you're talking about, when you truly love your audience, this mindset shift is actually a lot easier than you think. Because as soon as you think about your audience, not in a way it's an enemy that judges me, but it's, but these are the people who I can help, who I can give something, then everything changes. You shift the focus off of you to your audience and you, keep, you start talking and all of a sudden, all of your focus is, am I making sense? Am I giving them enough? Can I give them more? What else can I give them? How can I make this experience even better, even more impactful, even more transformational for my audience? As you're thinking that, you, your brain cannot simultaneously think the thought of, I'm not good enough, I'm scared. Because we only can focus on one thing at a time. And if you focus on your audience, and you, you won't be thinking about your fear. And if you're not thinking about your fear, your physical symptoms, like those symptoms that you experience, like, you know, your heart pounding, your sweaty, they begin to go away as well. And it's an amazing, amazing experience. And I know, Ben, you feel it, I'm sure, every time you record a podcast. You, no matter how you feel before the podcast, and I'm, I'm not making any assumption, I'm just saying, you know, no matter how you feel, as soon as you start talking to your audience, your first thought is, how can I make this episode the most beneficial for my listeners? You're focusing only on your listeners and not on how do I sound or what do they think of me, right? And when you make this shift, everything changes. And I think this is really a key, the key to overcoming your fear of public speaking. It's shifting the focus from you to your audience. Does it make sense? So I think, yes, 
it definitely makes sense because I know for myself when I'm speaking, I'm really engaging the audience. I'm trying to engage the audience because I want, in a sense, to have dialogue with the audience when I speak, when I speak at conferences and things. The part that I'm wondering about that you haven't touched on, which talking to other introverts, a lot of what gives them the comfort level to get up in front of people in general is feeling like they know the subject well enough also. And we didn't touch on that. And I know that you're not saying, you know, I I know that, yes, that that's important, too. It's just not what we've talked about yet. But I know for me, the more comfortable I am with the subject, the more I can focus on the audience. I think it's the way I would put it, as opposed to being concerned about, oh, my gosh, they're going to figure out I'm an imposter or they're going to ask questions I'm not going to be able to answer, which, of course, they're going to ask questions I'm not going to be able to answer. That just always happens. But in general, there is that subject matter preparation part, too. How does that play in? This absolutely plays a part. However, and the reason why I didn't want to start with that is because even those who are well-prepared and they, you know, they know a lot of things about their subject matter, they still go in front of the audience feeling like an imposter, which is absolutely crazy, right? I mean, we know a lot of people, both you and I, who are subject matter experts who are prepared for their presentation, but they go in front of an audience and they freeze, which makes absolutely no sense. And that's why I didn't want to start with that. Because I think what you need, the first mindset shift you need to make is the one that I described, is that you need to start thinking in terms of, it's not about me, it's about my audience. It's not about me being the center of attention and being judged, but it's about what I can give. Right. And for a teaching role, it's not about just presenting the information, it's about the student. Absolutely, absolutely. But of course, being an expert, well, actually, let me use a better term, knowing your subject. Because being an expert is so overused and truly, who is an expert? You know, there is always somebody who knows more, right? How can you call somebody an expert when there is always somebody better? So none of us are experts, but we do know our subject matter. And we are ahead of our audience. Even if you are only three steps ahead of your audience, you know your subject matter better than your audience. But it's not about knowing, or it's not only about knowing and being prepared. What I teach my students in my program is is that it's also about truly falling in love with your topic. You may be given a presentation on something that you know in and out, or you may be given a presentation on something that you have a peripheral knowledge, but somebody asks you to present on it. It makes no difference in the way how great your presentation could be. What makes a difference is that you completely and totally fall in love with what you are presenting about. And when you are passionate about your topic, you can't help but make your audience passionate about it because passion is contagious. You, and when you're preparing for something that you're passionate about and that you love, you prepare differently. You don't just go and say, okay, well, here's my outline, I'm done. No, you, you, you're thinking of, 
my goodness, there is so much I can tell them. There is this cool story I can share. There is this joke. There is this anecdote from, you know, my experience with this particular topic. You begin to wrap that topic into layers and layers of stories that will make your audience understand, relate to this topic, and just will make you a better speaker on this topic. So it's extremely important to not just know what you're talking about, but actually love it. Like, fall in love with it, fall in love with it. Like, you know how some people, you, you probably have friends like that, they like something, I don't know, fishing or computer games. And they can talk about it nonstop. And they have so, and they, you, you may not even care about fishing, but the way they make it sound is so much fun because they wrap it in stories. And so this is what we need to do with what, with our topic, with what we know. You fall in love with it to the point where you are very passionate about it. And then you transfer that passion to your audience. And the other thing I'm hearing, you haven't used the word, but it's the building empathy with your audience also. And that comes back to the whole, it's about your audience. It's not about you in that sense. Mm -hmm. I know some of the work I've been doing recently in a fairly recent podcast was with Megan Mack, who's a professional improv coach. And just talking, who's also an introvert, and talking about the role of learning the improvisation part, but the key part of improv is the yes and, and that is the part about it being about your audience and about what you're doing for them rather than I just know this information, I'm going to present this information. So I think, I think the passion, you're talking about communicating passion to the, or inspiring the audience is the same thing as getting them passionate about it. But I think it's that ability, and I'm agreeing with you, I think it's that ability to engage with the audience, to see the audience, to understand the audience, to want to make a difference for the audience that builds the empathy that enables you to convey the passion. Does that make sense? Right. Absolutely. And that actually was a part, and that's a huge part of shifting the focus away from you to your audience and focusing on your audience is when it becomes all about them. It becomes all for them. And you kind of overlap these two things. You focus on your audience and you're passionate about what you're talking about, about the topic of your presentation. And when those two things overlap, your audience really, really gets a lot out of it. It's not, it, it doesn't. And it, I think it may sound the same as, oh, they're just getting information, but it's not. They're no longer just getting information. It's not about just get, giving them information. It's about a lot of other things. It's about audience's journey. It's about audience feeling something by the end of your talk, by the end of your presentation that they didn't feel in the beginning. It's, it's about not only inspiring them, but making a change in them, making a shift. And it's funny because I feel like we are using all these terms that people would never believe that introverts would use or think about when they're up there presenting. 
because we're talking about passion. We're talking about engagement with the audience, not pulling back from the audience. Mm-hmm. We're talking about building empathy. We're talking about falling in love with the subject and communicating with it because that passion and that love for the subject communicates it better. But it's just really funny because if I were on the outside, I'm going to listen to hear about how did introverts become public speakers. I don't know that as an out, as a non, I understand where you are with this completely because I'm engaged in it too. But I do wonder how surprising this would be for some people to hear. I think it's very surprising for a lot of people, but I think it's also, I believe that with public speaking, it's not about, you know, tips and tricks and do this, say that, walk there. I believe that public speaking is all about those mindset shifts that we discussed. And as an introvert, there are several things here that you know you're good at, but you don't think it's applicable. Like one of them, as we've talked about, is shifting the focus from you to your audience. And the second thing that I think is also very interesting for introverts is how we don't like to talk in group, in a group setting in general, right? We would always prefer to speak one-on-one and have this one meaningful conversation with one person and really get to know that one person versus speak, um, you know, just lightly speak to a group of people with a group of people. And again, it may seem like an oxymoron because, but you, but, but we are introverts and we don't like to speak to a group of people. Then how is that our strength? Well, it actually is a strength that we can speak one-on-one really well and we can apply it to public speaking. And this is how you do it. If when that works when you're on stage, um, it's not really, uh, you know, for podcast or video, but when you're physically on stage or physically in front of several people and you're looking at those people, you know, the first thought that particularly when you're an introvert, you're like, oh, well, I, I just don't want to be there. I, I, I don't want to look at all of them. It's overwhelming. I'm beginning to feel anxiety. So what you need to do is apply your one-on-one skills to that environment. And the way you do it is you begin speaking one-on-one to one person in the audience. You literally make eye contact with one random person in the audience and you speak to that one person completely one-on-one. Nobody else exists. You're not looking at anybody else. You're speaking one-on-one to that one person for just a few seconds, you know, maybe five seconds. And then you shift your gaze to a different person in the audience. And now you speak to that person one-on-one for a few seconds. And what that does is you never, ever look at that whole group of people. You never feel overwhelmed because you're always only speaking one-on-one. To one person at a time. And that makes a huge, huge difference for introverts because we do like one-on-one. We are good at it. 
And as long as we just adjust our mindset that I'm speaking for a few minutes, for a few seconds, just to this one person, nobody else exists. It truly feels like a one-on-one conversation because as you're making that eye contact, that person is actually giving you back verbal, I mean, nonverbal feedback. You know, they, they may be smiling back at you. They may be nodding their head as they agree. And, you know, they may be, they're giving you some sort of a feedback, like an irregular one-on-one conversation. And so it feels natural. It feels very doable. And you continue shifting your gaze. You continue doing this one-on-one with different people in the audience. And it takes loads of pressure off of us. And it works really, really well, particularly for introverts. Yeah, that sounds really good. Yeah, and it absolutely jibes with my experience too. And also with how when I was initially speaking, how I was so overwhelmed with the idea of speaking in front of an audience at all that it impacts everything, obviously. So you have built this into a coaching business. What are you doing with the business part of this? And I'm just interested in who is your clientele? How big is your business? What are you trying to do with your business? And big is the wrong thing because I'm not looking for how many followers can I get on a podcast necessarily either. It's how can I make a difference for people? So if you would talk a little bit more about your business. Sure. Well, currently I have followers and clients actually all around the world. It's, it's amazing <laughs> what internet has done for us, right? I, I, when, my, when I opened my first business in Colorado a couple of decades ago, I only had clients in Colorado, right there in Denver. And now I have clients in Canada, in US, in Australia, in New Zealand, in Nigeria. I mean, it's, it's pretty unbelievable how small the world feels right now. But what I'm doing with my business is I teach my students primarily through my Brilliant Speakers Academy. So that's my main vehicle. I don't really do a whole bunch of one-on-one coaching because it's just, I just don't have enough time for that. And so all of the one-on-one coaching actually does happen inside of my Brilliant Speakers Academy where I do one-on-one and group coaching. So that's, that's what my business is all about. I created the signature program where I packaged everything, absolutely everything that has made a difference in my life and, and helped me transform from being scared to being very comfortable and not just being comfortable, but enjoying it. And I packaged all of it inside of my frameworks and inside of my program. It's not just only about how to overcome your fear. It's how to overcome your fear in a very holistic sense. It's all the mindset shifts that you need to make, all the daily routines that you need to have. There are so many things, so many things that you can do to make the change permanent because we're not talking about appearing confident on stage, on camera, on podcast. It's not about appearing confident. It's actually about truly feeling confident. And there is a difference. 
And I want my students to not just, oh, well, let me go and, you know, fake it till you make it, which I absolutely don't agree with. I believe that you need to make a change on the inside. You need to learn how to feel confident. And then you never, ever fear public speaking again. It never, ever makes you uncomfortable again. And so, we, you know, we talk about all of this in my program. I teach students my framework on how to craft a compelling talk. And it's all based on stories and filmmaking, believe it or not. You know, we talk about how to prepare, thoroughly prepare, because that's extremely important. And you mentioned that you touched on it, how being well prepared helps you feel confident. It's not the first thing to make you feel confident, but it's definitely one of the things to make you feel confident uh, in front of an audience. So it's like a big all-encompassing system that I take my students through. Well, awesome. Well, I think when we had talked previous to the podcast, you had mentioned that you have some introductory training available. Yes, I do. So I do have absolutely free trainings that you can go and access right now. And you can get it at www.bybyvictoriaL.com slash training. And I think you will get a lot out of it between today's podcast and the training. I do truly believe that you'll be well on your way to to becoming a confident, compelling and captivating speaker. Awesome. So I'm going to ask one last question I want to ask you, and this has been great. It's been really informative. I've enjoyed this conversation. But I started asking my guests, what is one thing that people would be surprised to know about you? I, I did hear it in your podcast and it was like, hmm, <laughs> what would be that one thing? Okay, so. It doesn't have to be the one thing. One of the things that people usually surprised is that my life revolves around fencing. And fencing, I mean like Olympic sport, not that we do fences around the house. It revolves around fencing, both of my kids' fence. My oldest son has been fencing for seven years. And the shift in the way we live our life because of that has been so profound and huge. It's, it's, it's mind-blowing for me because we literally shape our life around fencing and fencing competitions and traveling nationally and internationally for my older son's competitions and, you know, making plans, future plans, you know, around uh, when Olympic games are happening and stuff like this. So it's, it's very much crazy and unusual. And when people find that out, they are surprised. And in fact, not only my kids fans, but I've been, I started fencing myself as well. I took a little break, but I'm going back into it. And uh, it's an amazing, amazing sport. Well, that is surprising. And is definitely off the beaten path for people. That, that's, that's great. But what I am hearing is what I hear from people whose kids are very involved in sports. Well, that sports involvement drives everything for the years that they're involved in it. Yes. Any last thoughts you'd want to share with the audience? I want you to truly believe that as an introvert, you are capable of absolutely everything. We have so many gifts. We have so many special talents. 
And anyone, particularly about public speaking, anyone can learn to become a great speaker. It doesn't matter if you are an introvert. It doesn't matter if you failed before, really failed in front of an audience before. It doesn't matter if you don't believe you know everything. It doesn't matter if you have imposter syndrome. It doesn't matter if you, you know, if even if English isn't your first language. It doesn't matter. Anyone can become a great public speaker with the right training, the right practice. I really want you to believe in yourself and not think that just because you are an introvert, this is not for you. It is, and you can become great at it. Hey, well, great. Well, thank you, Victoria. This has been a great conversation. Looking forward to sharing it with our listeners. Thank you so much, Ben. It's been a pleasure. Thank you for joining us today on Hope for the Introvert. We hope you feel inspired and encouraged by today's discussion. You can find out more about introverted leadership and this podcast at hopefortheintrovert.com. And if you have any questions or comments on what you've heard, Ben would love to hear from you. Contact him at ben at hopefortheintrovert.com or on Twitter at hopeintrovert. And join us next time. Support Hope for the Introvert on Patreon. You'll love the rewards. From a discount on merchandise to joining the online community of introverted leaders like you, there's something for everyone. You could even join Ben as a guest on the podcast. We appreciate your support. You can find us at patreon.com slash hope for the introvert.